Welcome to Conscious Conversations, where we aim to inspire deep and meaningful interactions that grow into a community of practice that is committed to healing, resilience, and expansion. We'll be having conversations with spiritual teachers, impact leaders, plant medicine, and holistic health practitioners about spirituality and personal leadership tools and resources, and how these can help communities cultivate more harmonious and purposeful lives. I am Mabato Munzi. Join me as we laugh, cry, and ponder the meaning of life, the universe, and your role in it. In this conversation, we speak to Homo Manche. Homo is an award-winning businesswoman with a background in travel and hospitality, fashion and construction. She is a friend to me, a woman whose authenticity has inspired me over the many years I've known her for. And I thought it would be great to chat with her about being real in a world that is increasingly encouraging people to do it for the gram. Good morning, Homo. How are you? Hey, friendship. Hey, friend. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure, my love. Like, um, I'm so proud of you for creating such a beautiful platform, a beautiful space for young black women to exist and thrive. So I'm very, very proud of you, my friend. Thanks a lot. Uh, And I really appreciate hearing that from you because I've always looked up to you. Um, I think we met over 10 years ago. And I thought, oh, wow. It's been long, hey? It's been long. And I think, you know, it's great just how much our relationship has strengthened Mm. over the years, even though. We don't spend a lot of time together, but when we do spend time together, it's meaningful. Mm. Um, so I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Um, so as I said, we've known each other for over 10 years. And when I first met you, I thought, oh, wow, you're pretty conscious. I mean, I remember some of the conversations we used to have. You know, you're doing well and still maintained an element of humility which I really enjoyed about you. Mm, There was a tenderness, you know, that you had, that you carried um, which I I really liked. And I thought to myself not a lot of people in Joburg are soft, you know, particularly people who are doing well. Mm. I think a lot of the time people are under pressure to be in a particular way and I didn't find that with you. So what has helped you to maintain that tenderness, this softness, even though life can get so hard? I think um it's uh thank you, friend, all those compliments. Oh my God. I nearly got teary eyed there for a second. I think if anything, it's because of my upbringing. I come from a long line of of women who have generally just done it from them, for themselves over generations. So my, my granny was also very successful in her business endeavors. My mom, um, my sister, who is nearly my peer. So we've always sort of like learned from our family structure to be in as much as we are, you know, business women and. You know, you've got to get things done. At the end of the day, people still matter. You need to recognize the person that's standing right in front of you as a human being. Because at the end of the day, you know, we are 
spiritual beings having like this human experience if we don't treat each other well um it but it's it, it sort of like creates a barrier between us mm. and i remember i've always always wanted to just connect with people irrespective of what i'm doing whether in business or um in social settings i really just want to have that connection Mm. Um that's why I hate small talk by the mm. way I really detest small talk I really want to get into the meat of who I'm interacting with so it just comes from just me wanting to to dig deeper into who you are as mabatu and how we can exist in a space and create a better space for each other in the long run so, yeah, I like I that. Know. I like that. And I I wonder if in most relationships, particularly now, where, you know, people, it's almost like everybody is just doing it for social media. So you never really know if people are actually happy, you oh. know. I mean, we've seen very high profile people recently committing suicide. We see quite a lot of struggle you know mm. i think people are struggling as individuals personally and i think it is mostly because a lot of the time people fail to have those authentic relationships mm. what do you think causes that um i really think that it stems from us thinking that the next person is expecting you to be a certain way you know what I mean? So we enter a setup and we think, okay, so they're expecting me to be this, you know, a boss, bitch, you know. Can you say bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you better bring it. And if you know it's not you, why are you being like that? I think a lot of the times we see, especially... Uh, on television or social media or whatever, this imagery that you're supposed to be a certain way in order for you to succeed. Mm. So a lot of people are falling into the trap of showing up as something other than themselves. I think that's what it is. Mm. Nobody wants to reveal themselves to the next person because it risks you being vulnerable to the next person and nobody wants to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to feel unsafe in a space, mm. you know. I think that's the big thing about it. That's why people show up that way um, because um, they don't want to get hurt. Mm. I think that's the problem right there, the fact that so many people feel unsafe. Mm. And you think that the social circles that we have are there by choice, meaning you are going to intentionally choose to be friends with specific people. And so if you've chosen to, why would you not be comfortable with being yourself around those people? So I think the nature of um, relationships nowadays is also pretty questionable because, you know, I've made a decision that I don't want to be friends with people I cannot be myself with. So if I can't mm. tell you my stuff. So for me, I cannot maintain friendships where I have to do small talk or where I can't fully be present. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those people I wouldn't regard as friends. So there would be people I know, but the people I choose to have in my life, 
I usually people I know I feel comfortable talking to about personal stuff. Mm, mm. So then I would not feel unsafe. You know, mm-hmm. um, although we've had, you and I have had years of not seeing each other. Mm-hmm. But when we have gotten together, I can still pour my heart out to you mm-hmm. because I know, you know, it's safe for me to, mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So then the question would be, why belong to a circle of friends where you don't feel safe to be yourself, where you don't feel like it's okay to be vulnerable, to break down and say, I'm not coping? That's a very um, layered question um, in the sense that it depends on what your aim is at life. Because um, if, okay, let's say I'm trying to climb some proverbial ladder, mm. right? There's certain social settings that I need to be in. There's certain people that I need to associate with um, to be seen as in order for me to enter certain circles, right? So um, if you are the person, your priority is to make it up that particular ladder, you're going to be around people that you don't like. You're going to be around people that you play nasty nice with, mm. right? Like you're all buddy-buddy is for the gram and all of that. But behind closed doors, you go to your real friends and discuss this person. Or you kind of scheme together and try and figure out how you surpass this person, right? In those circles. Mm. So it, it it all boils down to what is your priority. If you are the person who wants to climb up, then you you generally will be around people that you don't like and you play nasty nice with mm. because it's part of the social setting that you want to be a part of or belong to um, in order for you to advance. Mm. So I think you and I are aligned in the sense that we don't necessarily subscribe to that lifestyle. Um, we, I, I, I can speak for myself, friend. I don't want to be part of that. Mm. Um, I, I think, look, even if it takes me longer to get to where I need to go, mobile pilong. I think I'll take that route because nothing beats authentic conversation and authentic friendship, even authentic business. Nothing mm. beats that as well. Like where you know that you have a circ- a group of people, you have the same values, you have the same principles and you are literally aligned in where you're going. Mm. Even if it's for five, ten years, why it's the if the, the, the relationship disbands, this person's not gonna go out there and, you know, spill your business because you're aligned. Mm. You both have the, the same, same values. values. Right. It's so important. I I don't think um we invest enough time identifying what our personal values are, particularly our core values. Mm. And I mean, I'll say this because, as you know, um, I recently got divorced, uh, recent two years ago. And I think that uh, one of the contributing factors was the fact that I don't think I understood my personal values mm. um, outside of the fact that I don't think people are always transparent about who they are. 
you know, at the beginning. So people aren't always transparent yeah. about who they are. So there's also that element of, you know, deceit. And I think, um, I think we increasingly have to ask for discernment, pray for discernment, because um, a lot of the time people also present themselves as what they're not. And that can uh, sometimes take you off track a bit you know particularly if you know what your values are you think you share the same values with a person and you realize that you actually don't um so yeah i don't think it's it's always easy to figure out um whether you share the same values with people or not because sometimes people do not present themselves as who they actually are in real life yeah, it it goes back to like playing this role, right? That you think, oh my God, this girl probably thinks that, you know, this is how I should show up um, as a man, mm. right? I should, I should be this leader. I should, you know, provide her with things and a house and a white picket fence, all of those things. And I think it's how generally men have grown up like they can't it's not a manly thing i'm gonna talk about um uh divorce and relationships um it's not a manly thing for you to kind of uh wear your heart on your sleeves right Mm. um it's not a manly thing for you to say actually you know what um i'm struggling right now it really isn't. Um, a man should always show up having it all figured out. And because men are generally being taught to show up in that way, we get robbed um, as single women from, you know, having a man that's both like a provider and a protector, but but also very vulnerable and can express Because I think that's the new generation, right? Mm. That's the new generation of men um, that I'm seeing coming up. They're not extremely patriarchal. They're not extreme douchebags. They're not like Donald Trump, you know, trying to grope you. Mm. You know, there's there's a tenderness about them. But because um, I love their dads also because, you know, they raise them. But because they were taught by their dads that this is how a man acts, mm. you know, they can't really reconcile their tenderness and gentleness with this is how a man acts. Mm. So that conflict, that internal conflict, I feel is the thing that really just bars them from having good relationships with, with, with good women. You're, you're like top tier friend. You're like, top tier woman thank you you have it all figured out you know you have like everything beauty brains you know Mm. drive ambition so um unfortunately um you require a lot more than um what our mothers required and i like that you bring our mothers into this conversation because um, I've often felt like, you know, older women also support patriarchy so much. I mean, you hear so many stories where, um, our mothers, our aunts, our grandmothers are like literally 
no, you need to stay. You need to figure it out. As a woman, you must ensure that your household works out, your, your family works out. Uh, words that I've been told, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and that means um, bearing it all. Um, and I have a fundamental problem with that. Um, but I also guess that they are, they are coming from their own um, trauma, you know, some of the things that they have had to endure. Um, but it's really a pity when those things cannot be recognized as social ills, you know, um, um, in our communities, because I don't think it's really helpful to be thinking um, like that. I mean, we are living in times where there are diseases, where, you know, there's a lot going on. So for for families, particularly the older generation, to still be subscribing to to that kind of thinking, I think it's very discouraging. Um, we see the amount of women who get killed all the time because of gender-based violence, because they don't think it's acceptable for them to leave. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for things to change for us, particularly as black women. Um, who are trying to figure themselves out, who are trying to contribute to society uh, with more than just being a wife or more than uh, uh, just pretty. You know, I think uh, some of us want to do more than that. Um, And sometimes you find yourself in a space where in order to be perceived as a good wife, you kind of need to be on mute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which which oh is my problematic. God. I, that is probably why I've never been married. <laughs> <laughs> Society expects you to stomach patriarchy because they've also been victims of, I would call it patriarchal crimes. Mm. You know, anything that has really negatively or adversely affected um, women um, in the past, they have been victims too. Mm. Right? And so they look at you and they're like, who the hell are you to not go through the same trauma that I went through? Right? And not so many words. Right? They say, but who the hell are you? This is how it's done. This is how it's always been done. Who the hell are you to come and think that you can do different? Or deserve better. Or you deserve. That's Mm. a big one. Mm. That's a big one. And I say, you know what? I will die. I will. This is the hill I'm willing to die on. Mm. Even if I don't experience it in my lifetime. Mm. I want it. I believe it's possible. I believe it's there. And I believe that we can experience a different kind of man, right? Um, I believe these men are there. However, because they are also crime victims of patriarchy, they can't really be themselves. Mm. They're also falling into the same cycle. The cycle. Right, because they think, oh, this is how. Oh, this is probably why my my dad did this because my my mom was veering off out of line, didn't want to 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 listen to me, so like now I have to do the same thing. No, mm. 
So, um, I mean, your mom, um, Asante, is what, turning three now? Four? She's three this year. She's turning four next year. Yeah? Yeah. And and how has that been like? The greatest gift. Mm. Um, The greatest gift in the sense that, to be honest with you, I never... And this is one thing that I've 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 really honestly had to like um sit down and actually think about. Like I never wanted to be a mom. Let's 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 just mm. have an honest conversation. Mm. I I was literally my ambitions were were usually, especially in my late twenties and early thirties. I've always just wanted to stand on my own two feet. Mm. I've always just wanted to be able to be myself, you know. So that journey has really just kept me occupied. So I never really thought about, okay, let me have a baby. Let me have a husband. Um, so when she arrived, it was like such a pleasant surprise. And now that she's here, it's like one of those things where I'm like, oh my God. How was I living my life without this little princess? Like, how did, how did it happen? Like, every time I wake up, um, she, cause now she's still sleeping, you know, (laughs) with me in my bed. I haven't really, you know, yeah, sent her to her own little room. Um, every time we wake up, she's like, wake up, mommy. It's sunny day. And I just want to just well into tears because she's just such a ray of sunshine, something or someone that I didn't think I needed, but I, I really need in this stage of my life. Mm. So yeah, motherhood has been really, really like kind. Um, considering the, 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 I wouldn't say I'm not a baby mama, guys. Um, <laughs> Tell us about that. No, I'm not mean, a baby you, mama. You're a single mom. Um, yeah, I'm not a baby mama. And and I know. So this is personal insights, right? I know there are a couple of guys who are willing to just put, a, yeah, put to a ring up, on it. <laughs> to put a ring on it. No, no, friend. It goes back to: Is this person the right fit for me? And is, is this person going to tell me Gindo <laughs> Dala? <laughs> you see that conversation? That's not where I come from. I'm sorry. No, I can't. I will not be able to, you know, I'm willing to forfeit so many things. Like I did. I, I let go of so many things. Private jets. Um holiday homes for my peace and my purpose i'm willing to let go of that it's the hill i'm willing to die on and that's incredible you know because um you know for a lot of young black women well judging from what we see on on social media the jet life, uh, the Dubai, Dubai is a popular thing now, the LAs, you know, that is like the ultimate, uh, seemingly for a lot of young, pretty women, black women in particular. And it's just very interesting how you've had the, um, the chest, <laughs> how you've had, the 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 discipline and um 
how you've been able to to just maintain who you are and say, you know what, that can pass me. Yeah, friend, it's not easy. It's not easy, but you have to remember that uh, you came alone, you're going to die alone. Mobopilong. Uh, you need to figure your own life out first before you can even decide to jump onto anybody else's wagon. Um, I'm not saying I'm an independent woman. I'm very much romantic, guys, and I'm not a feminist. I still believe in the traditional home, but unfortunately with my mentality, it doesn't fit in because the the home has been turned into like full-blown patriarchy mm. right it's no longer about it's our partnership it's you getting to know me me getting to know you not uh, me buying you because that's the, the the main thing i i, I am not a uh, a thing Commodity. to be bought mm. yes I'm not a thing to be bought I like that you said you know you have your own journey you've got your own purpose um, one of the things that I've always maintained um, was that I never wanted to walk into a man's house with my luggage bags um, and 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 think that that would be my home you know, because um, I wanted to have a voice. I want to have a voice. Um, and I find that in situations where you are walking into someone's life on their terms to fit into their lives, then, you know, you almost cease to exist um, when it comes to other conversations because he mean daughter la. You know, so if you can't stomach that, I suppose this marriage thing with how things are right now, it's a bit tricky um, for for a lot of us. Um, but it's also interesting to see how there have been those relationships that really seem to um, reflect what black love is, you know, or mm. what it can be, mm-hmm. um, where people are really walking alongside um, each other, you know, where yeah. it doesn't seem like there's one above and one below. Yes. Um, that's the kind of partnership you're referring to, right? Where yes. you are walking next to each other, where yes. you are helping each other navigate your own journeys mm-hmm. and choosing to build a life together. You know, because you have uh, common goals, you have common values, values, and you want to grow as a family as opposed to um, the other one following the other one's direction, you know, because the other one is the one bringing the bacon home. Don't get me wrong. I still want, like, leadership in a man. Mm. Like, I always say that I'm not going to... I don't want that whole blind leading the blind situation when it comes to a relationship. So I don't like, yes, I want us to function in our own respective roles, but at the end of the day, a man is the leader, mm. right? He needs to have it together, mm. you know, and I'm not saying just like monetarily or just with the guap and whatever, but he needs to have it together in the sense that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Like, and he's not ego driven. <laughs> Talking about people knowing what they're doing. 
Homo, I have experienced people who want to benefit from that extraordinary type of respect, right, as a man, but they don't know what they're doing. What is it? Because you are not thriving in your career. You are horrible at communicating. You are a horrible leader. Good leaders communicate well. Good leaders are honest. Good leaders are genuine. Um, you know, those are leaders who are impactful. So I think this thing of <clears throat> men just thinking that they are leaders because they're men also needs to be changed, just like in corporate. I mean, we experience it in corporate. We experience it with our government, where because people have got the power to do something by virtue of their position, um, they do not go back to reflect and look at whether they're doing it well, whether they're being impactful, whether mm. they are achieving the results that they wish to achieve. Do mm. they even think about it that deeply? Um, you know, because um, I think it, it, I was actually thinking about it on my way here to say it's a big responsibility. I think huge. N- number one, I think the role of a woman is very big because we carry life. We are nurturers. We Absolutely. are givers. We have so many roles. And I personally think a role of a man is to protect all of that. Um, mm, I think that and, is a really cool perspective. Okay. And the protecting comes in different layers. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely don't think it's all about money, but it comes in different layers. But I don't think people recognize that. Um, so I like, I like how you, you've, uh, sort of, um, you sort of like captured how uh, a relationship between a man and a woman should be. But can I offer another perspective to mm. say, okay, fine, you guys are coming in as two separate entities, right? And then in your union, you are sort of um, giving birth to another one, mm. right? Lily too. You're giving birth to this this new baby mm. that you should both nurture. Mm. And like you're saying, that baby needs to be attended to with good communication, um, good um leadership, uh a good direction and vision from God, mm. you know, because I'm a very big a man should follow God first, mm. not even me, not the world, not his career. A man should follow God first and gain direction and vision from God for, for, for our uh, vision and, and mission for this new baby that we've birthed right together. So, um, I think, yes, uh, a lot of, a lot of us in relationships think that, oh, I'm coming with this, you know, I'm the man or I'm the woman, you know. So it, it, it kind of gives us this toxic, toxic femininity and toxic masculinity mm. situation. And then we're together and make, and then it combusts. Mm. We don't recognize that there's a new baby that's, that's being given birth to right now that we need to nurture together. And bringing our own respective skills together to make sure that the baby grows. Mm. So how does, because I kind of had a problem with this. 
I don't know if I should be saying it on the phone. Oh my God. So exclusive. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so like one of the things that I feel, okay, fine, within black culture, it's known that as a woman, you leave your family to join another family, right? Mm-hmm. And then you follow their traditions and all the things that they do, right? According to most black people. For me, I feel like as a man and a woman who decide to start a life together. Yes, of course, there will be things that you need to do for your children that are done within, you know, um, the the family that you are married into. Mm-hmm. Like issues around specific ceremonies and things of the bloodline, right? But I also feel like the two people, the couple, should have the freedom to create their own life and their own culture. But that does not seem to be something that is acceptable. I I feel like because I feel like I also come from somewhere. I also have my personal exposure, my own dreams, um, the kind of life that I hope um, to live, even as a married woman, for instance. Um, So... That hope to say my partner and I will create the life that we want together, you know, and we will have our own family tradition. So what we do over Christmas, what we do over, you know, special or memorable uh, times or holidays and so on. And it is seemingly a problem. Your take on that? Joe, friend, uh, first and foremost, me, I've never gone that far <laughs> in the race. I'll tell you that for free. So for me, it's what I imagine, right? Mm. I what I imagine would happen. I've never been married. Um. Uh. Okay, let's go back to the analogy of the baby, right? Mm. The baby is there. Um. The baby is a combination of both of your wins in your respective families mm. because you guys know if you're a good like pair you guys will be self-aware you'll recognize that okay so my family was good at this that and the other and then you, the guy will also recognize that my family was good at this that and the other let's create this baby where this baby is like going to thrive in this mm. environment right and uh, the big book says that what is it uh, men cleave to your wives I know, but they don't recognize that. How come a man a man will leave his father's home, right? I don't know the Bible. But yes, cleave to your wives mm. and forget your your father's home mm. type situation, right? Mm. So, um, if the gentle brother is very much attached to 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 his home. Um, we'll take the good parts. Mm. Just take the good parts. And then be very adamant that you will not allow the bad parts to seep into your own family environment. Mm. You just have to create that barrier. You just have to create that boundary. Mm. To say, listen, okay, look, I recognize that your family is good with business. They're very good with Holidays, you know, the day was always on point. They know this, that, and the other, whatever, you know, whatever good that comes from the other side. Cause I can imagine the reason why you picked a guy is because some good mm, was there, mm. right? There was something that drew you to the guy. So 
And for you to get to that point, obviously you've seen certain things, you know, in the family and you're like, oh my God, I really want to be a part of this mm. beautiful thing. Um, so just take the good parts and literally block out the, the bad parts. Mm. So my point is it seems to be the expectation that a woman will completely leave what they know and fall within this new setup even when the new setup has got major cracks. Um, and, and that is a difficult thing to work around. Um, you know, I've seen it. I've, I've seen it happen, you know, outside of people, uh, outside of myself, actually. I've seen it happen with other people where it's almost the expectation that where you come from ceases to exist because you are now joining this family. And I think it also comes from this thing of changing surnames, um, which is, I don't know, if I were to remarry, I don't know if I I would change my surname um, again. Um, yeah, because I... I I would like to maintain my identity. Um, you know, there's value in where all of us come from. Um, but I, I, I feel like within the black community, it's still something that is not understood, you know, to say, okay, we are now married. Let's create our own home with our own um, traditions. And it doesn't mean that you are neglecting other things that work. But a lot of the time, people also do not want to be honest with themselves in recognizing other things that don't work. I mean, every organization has its challenges. Every family has got its challenges. And there would be things that don't work um, mm. from the other family. Mm. But to just be expected to blindly follow, you know, I think it's a problem. And I don't think many... Um, Couples really talk about it uh, openly. I, I also don't think that um, men are also um, open enough with their partners to say, I understand. They know that, you know, this is a problem in, in the family, but because um, they're the man and it is expected of them, they, they kind of ignore that. Mm, and mm. and it creates a lot of challenges and, and conflict um, within those kind of relationships. But um, I want to talk about um, you deciding to be single. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure um, you have looked into other situations. You've seen how these new age unions, marriages, how they work or how they don't work. We've seen many high-profile or celebrity sort of people getting divorced after a short period of, of time, you know, after having been married. What is your take around singlehood? What has, outside of your personal values, what is, what are the major things that have made you to decide to say, you know what, up until you meet your perfect partner, you will be single. Because there's also pressure, you know, um, you're beautiful, you're successful. Um, there's also that pressure um, amongst our peers for, for people to get married. Yeah, man, that's really packed. Um, let me start by saying in my like 
previous unconscious life, right? I wanted so badly um, to fit into the lowest version of a man, right? Sure. Like a, the lowest of the lowest. Like I wanted to be this girl, you know, that really just appeals to this lowest version, like the man who's unconsciously flowing through life, you know, getting paid, getting paper, throwing money at me. I thought that that's what I would want. But when it happened, I was just non-responsive. And how have you found that your community people around you have sort of perceived it or understood it? I mean, singlehood, if people don't perceive you to be this feminist who has a problem with men or being maybe too expensive. (laughs) I always say I love men. I love men so much. But there's just the chocolate ones. Chocolate (laughs) brothers come through. Anyways, yes. <laughs> but there seems to be this preconceived idea around singlehood to say when you're a single woman um, in your prime, beautiful, there must be something wrong about you. What is your understanding around singlehood and choosing to be a single mom? Um, I don't think anybody chooses to be a single mom, to be honest with you. I think when you make a baby, you 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 make the conscious decision to make a baby with somebody that you really think you're going to build a future with. Like somebody that you feel, okay, this person is my guy. I'm in. We're going to get married. White picket fence. A house. You know, more babies. You know? The unfortunate thing is that sometimes you just, um, it doesn't happen that way. I'm not going to say because it's the wrong guy or whatever. I could have been the wrong girl for him, you know. Mm. Um, so uh, it was not a conscious choice to be a single mom. I think the manosphere really just has this other version of a single woman who keeps on making these being a single uh, mom situation. Like they, 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 put it on themselves to be it's not like i had hopes to marry this person it wasn't just like one of those fly-by-night situations Mm. where it's like i just want to make a baby no that's not how it happened um so i did not make a conscious decision to be a single mom however i recognize that also being a, a a a single mom to a girl child there's a certain precedence that I wanted to set in the sense that I wanted my baby to recognize that this is how a woman should move in this world. A woman should move with freedom, freedom to be herself, freedom to have the space to make her own decisions in life, Right, even if it does not serve the the dictates of the society that okay, this is what a single woman should do. She should just assimilate and move into being somebody's wife because now Twanza Apate you know. Um, I did not want to move in that 
you know, discomfort of feeling like I want to live in my truth enough so that if I get and when I get a partner of my own, they recognize this truth that I'm not trying to patch him into my situation, that I've got it under control, that I, my, my baby is thriving in an environment where she finds a lot of love and peace and, um, and provision, mm. you know, and abundance that that the situation that I want to find myself in is not one to be ashamed of at the end of the day, that this person is going to step into something that actually also already works. It's not, he's not going to be Captain Saver Hole, mm. you know, he's not going to come and, you know, swoop me and no, it's a conscious coupling, right? I like that. It's the conscious coupling of, Two people who recognize, okay, I do have a child and I'm not trying to make you my child's father. But if you will fill that role, it would be great. It would be a bonus, but it's taken care of. Mm. Right. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, and the situation is thriving, irrespective of whether or not, um, there is, uh, a, a male figure in, in, in the space. Mm. So I wanted my daughter to see that even if you make a mis, not a mistake, I can't say it's a mistake because I can't say my baby's a mistake, but if you can't. If kind it doesn't of, work out how you intended. Exactly. Like you, you can change you your can mind. Still, you can still move. Mm. You know, you can still operate. Mm. You know? You can still operate and, and find ways to be authentic and free from the constraints of the society. I know? like that you say that because I think it was one of the things that informed my decision. I mean, I'm raising two gorgeous boys. And for me, it was like, okay. Shout out Tai, shout yeah. out Rory. Yeah. <laughs> for me, so so the thing, it, it really boiled down to is this the example of love I want my children mm, to understand? Yeah. Because by staying, that is what we are saying to them. Exactly. And we are also saying to them, this is how you will treat your women because my mom stayed. Mm. Um, you know, and we see this with the guys, you know, that we are dating with our peers. They think it's okay to do certain things because their moms stayed. Mm. You know, so I think... <clears throat> When women make the decision to stay in toxic situations, in situations that are not working, they often use their children as an excuse to say, my children, I don't want, you know, but are you really, really doing justice to your children by saying this is the best that there is? Because for me, that was the thing. For me, the decision was really about, am I saying this is the best depiction of what I think a role of a man is. And it just did not work out. So a big part of it was um, because I wanted my children to understand manhood differently mm. and to not... Especially um, because they're boy children. Yes, yeah. you know. So I think it takes us, this generation, to change the narrative, to change Absolutely. the reasons why... We it's stay. Up to us. It's, it's mm. up to us because we are the mothers. 
So if we accept certain things, we are saying it's okay for our children. We are just continuing the cycle, just mm. dressed up differently, mm. right? Mm. Boy children, very important also. I don't know why they were neglected all those other years. Maybe it's because women, girl children were neglected for so many years. Um, but I truly believe that boy children are also future leaders um, they are the ones that are l literally going to pull us out of the hole that we are currently in because um, we have mothers like Mabatu saying, my baby, listen, you know, in as much as uh, this is the world that we find ourselves in, this is the position that I find myself in, you can see that mommy is trying her best to create a better world for you and the person that you're going to be coupled up with. Mm. I mean, that, that's a later conversation, right? Mm. For you and your boy children. Mm. So I truly believe that it's a double effort, right? And also for women to recognize that, yes, it's okay to be um, fabulous and young and cute and whatever, but you need to back it up too. Mm. You know, you don't have to walk around this world and just be pretty. It's boring. It's redundant. <laughs> I feel like women, um, and, and, and you know what? I've had relationships where I've had the feedback of, of, of gentle brothers saying to me, I really feel like women are the future. Mm. I've had two or three guys saying, I really feel like it's just that women don't recognize that about themselves sometimes. Um, younger generation, maybe between 35 and 38. Mm. Yeah. That generation, I feel like is the generation that kind of understands what women need in our age groups. Mm. Right. They reckon that they still saw, they're a little bit soft. They're still a little bit like out there in the streets hustling and also, you know, romantic and a little bit self aware, you know? So it's not impossible. I don't believe men are dumb. Like how patriarchy likes to depict them. Like, oh, they all they chasing is skirts and blah blah blah. I really don't believe that. Mm. Um, so it's very important for us to recognize that um, we need each other. We do, and I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, um, I've been doing quite a bit of reading around spirituality and sexuality and how the masculine and the feminine create one mm -hmm. at the whole. Um, you know, how both as men and women, we, we have got both the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. Even in relationships as a man and a woman, how it's a possibility, a very big possibility for both of us to create or to exist in a balanced way mm. where, you know, a woman is not overly needy because that's also problematic. You know, I, I become needy though sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I will, I will admit. So, I some, sometimes. Last night I tweeted, um, <laughs> I tweeted that, you know, I've been, I've been having a problem with my home printer for the past two days and I'm like, where are men when you need them? <laughs> you know, and that is obviously a typical thing where you think men are supposed to be technical. But the point is, there, there is a need for a man in my life. 
but it must be the right man. So I'm not just going to have a man at all costs. For the sake. For, you know, because, yeah, for the sake of it. Um, I think sometimes we can have men. In fact, you know, personally, I've got a couple of dude. options. Like, dude. Um, but they're just not the right fit. The Rolodex is <laughs> all <laughs> packed. However. <laughs> yeah, friend. Um, yeah, it's just one of those, you know what? I am on that path where I feel like I just, I even abstained for the year. Mm. Like I was just like, you know what? Let me align to whoever it is that I'm supposed to be with. Like mm. I was that desperate. <laughs> Look, I don't think taking time out to figure... Because sex can also confuse things. Um, I I know that when the sex is good, we tend to think or everything is good. We tend to think that is the one because Ooh la the la. sex is great. La la. But that's not it necessarily, you know. And because it takes so much time to figure out the other stuff... You know, so if you are dating, you see each other, let's just say three times a week or whatever, you don't really get to see the whole person. Because uh, we've got busy lives. Because we've got busy lives yeah. and we've got other things to do. But then the sex is always memorable if it is great. So we we always use that as like a thing. <laughs> We always use that as a thing, but um, it shouldn't really be a, um, a. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? Do you think sex is a deal maker breaker? Well, <laughs> girl, you just mm, no. I still have a mom and a dad <laughs> out there, so I really can't have this conversation, friend. No, I can't. Kemara. Um, I think, okay, let me s sort of like, um, I think you can use sex to, or the sexual desire to sort of, um, create the life that you, you want. That's How what I've done this year. Like I've seen some really, really, really good results. Okay. Um, with um things like sexual transmutation yeah you know like really really good like miraculous results where um i've sort of started manifesting things that you know i would have otherwise honestly because sex and the the, the sexual desire is such a huge energy force that we don't use enough I like that you're bringing that into the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, that life force that mm -hmm. create, cause, cause sexual energy is creative energy. Exactly. And I don't think we use it enough to create what we want. Mm -hmm. um, you know, either you have to be pretty spiritual to understand that and to be able to use that energy for manifesting. Um, have you figured out how it works or it happened by fluke? Ah, fluke, fluke, fluke. No, not by fluke, my friend. Um, I think I went through my own, and I think this is a journey that, uh, people should also go through where they're sort of like, 
um, in the the space in their lives where they're not really struggling to survive, but they're going through some sort of existential crisis. Um, to say, okay, so I've got all of these things. I'm here. So what is my my purpose? Why am I here? Right. Um. I started asking myself those questions that, okay, so here we are. Uh, what's the next step? I want to take the right step. I don't want to miss my mark, mm. right? I want to take the right step from here on out. How do I align myself with that right step? And that's how I started flowing into exactly how practically not praying i think that's a thing that people don't don't get yes prayer is very powerful but there's practice to prayer right mm. it's not just like sending words up in the air and hoping that things are going to your happen your heart needs to be right everything has to align mm. so your head and heart and actions have to align Right, it takes a lot. It's a practice. I'm, to- I'm glad that you're bringing the head into this thing mm-hmm. because with the things that I'm learning, I'm learning that. So the feminine energy gravitates towards the heart space. Mm-hmm. The masculine energy gravitates towards the head space. Mm-hmm. But in order to be a balanced human being performing at your optimum, the two need to be in alignment because you still need the heart for that compassion, for mm-hmm. the love, for the purity as to why. And you obviously need the mind, you know, for, for, for the logic, you yeah. know, for making yeah. things work in, in this world, but still maintaining the essence of that, um, of the compassion of that humanity within the heart space. So it takes us back to, um, how masculinity and femininity need to coexist. There definitely has to be some sync, mm. right? Um, like I said previously, there has to be a practice way you you actually practice what you, you you're trying to achieve, right? Yeah. The sync. There's a lot of meditation that has to take place. There's a lot of fasting that has to take place, right? Mm. There's a lot of um, recognition. Um, when I say recognition within yourself, me personally, I I function because I have to provide for myself. I have to make sure that I bring bacon to the table, mm. I have to make a conscious decision to go back to my feminine, right? I have to make a conscious decision to say, okay, yes, um, I'm flowing. Worst of all, I'm in construction, so that even makes it more worse. A very masculine space. Yes. I've made a conscious decision to exist within that world, being exactly who I am, mm. right? Being a woman. Yes, a woman can be logical. Yes, a woman can make sense. Yes, a woman can function in a, I wouldn't say male-dominated world because it's just like, it's literally, construction is literally just making sure that 
you perform certain functions until the project, project is ends. complete. Mm. We do that all the time, sometimes unconsciously. Just think about like giving birth. Mm. We do that unconsciously. Mm. So it is in our nature to do it. Right? Mm. So, so, um, they say it's male dominated, but I really feel like, uh, we need to create an imagery imagery that kind of speaks to it differently to say yes there is another way to think about it or see it you can still be feminine and be a, a contractor mm. right we're doing it my mom has been doing it for 20 years for god's sake mm. so um it takes us making a conscious decision to be free to to exist in spaces that would have otherwise been known differently or seen differently, you know? Mm. I don't know if you understand I, what, I, what... I understand it. And what immediately comes to mind is, I mean, I've met your mom. She's really great, a very strong character. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, some of these spaces have been known to be very male-dominated. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, for for women to get certain breakthroughs, um, sometimes men will impose themselves on women. Definitely. Um, so how have you been able to navigate those kind of dynamics? So um, men exist in every industry. Mm. They dominate in every industry. So even when... Uh, I was in the FMCG space, even when I was in the travel agency space, where I still found myself in rooms where it was like, it's either the contract or your thighs type situation. And I literally opted out. It's either the contract or your thighs. No, no, thank you, sir. Mm. No, thank you very much. I am not stuck in survival mode. I refuse to be stuck in survival mode. I believe in a world where I can exist and I don't have to compromise myself. God brought me here for a reason. I don't have to do that. I really don't. Maybe I'm speaking from a point of privilege because of where I come from. Maybe. Mm. Fortunately, I don't have to. Mm. I really don't. So what do you say to more than 50% of South African black women who find themselves in those situations because for them it is an issue of survival. It is an issue of moving from being from a demographics point of view, from a statistics point of view, being seen as lower class to middle class or even working class, you know, because that is sometimes what it means that, that, you know, where food can be taken out of your mouth because you are refusing to play along. You're not complying. You are not complying. (laughs) Non-compliant. What's the goodies? Hey. No, friend. Like, um, how I know it's possible is through you. Oh. How I know it's like absolutely possible that you can say no, Mm. refuse profusely 
to be dragged into something that is not authentic to who you are is through you and you have i mean i'm sure people already know your story by now um you've come through really really difficult um circumstances friend and here you are you are still saying it is possible mm. it's not easy definitely not easy but it is possible to choose yourself choose you always choose you maybe people don't have the courage or the strength or whatever you have because i really believe that you have like the supernatural whatever it is that you have um but seeing you walk this journey and i always ask myself like how does this girl do this mm. how is this how does she remain so resilient with what she's been through she could have um, honestly assimilated long time ago long time ago long long you could have even stayed in your marriage friend i could and it was nice comfortable it was soft soft life. soft soft life <laughs> yeah <laughs> But here she is, mm? podcasting. And it's difficult, Homo. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really difficult being a single mom, single-headed um, household, liking things as I do. I mean, I love a quality life. I love doing nice things. I want my children to have exposure to things, you know, to life. Because I think exposure... Um, helps you navigate life better you know mm. we just make different decisions i've often felt like we make long-term permanent decisions based on very little that we know about life mm. you know if there's anything i could change about um the lives of young black people it would be either traveling reading or something that just shows them the alternative to what mm. they think is the best thing mm. because there is so much more but i don't know if people know that there's so much more um and it's really sad that we only have it's not even five percent of what's possible for us you know as average people you don't have to come from a wealthy family but just what is possible i mean we've seen people who don't even have university degrees um but they've made it you know and they've made it big but that is because they've chosen to dream differently and to believe in themselves so much even if it takes you long um but it is possible um i just don't know i think Again, one of our challenges is this instant gratification thing. Absolutely. We want it now and That's we want it, it all. Mm -hmm. um, Look, we're all guilty of it. Like we all, especially with us being young and stuff, we think things should happen here and now. But you soon realize through life, life will humble you to say, listen, my girl, it doesn't really work like that. And you, if you take heed, you will be able to hear little whispers from God, the universe, uh, Buddha, Allah, whoever you believe in, right? That, no, come this way, you know. Mm. And it takes practice. It takes a lot. 
unfortunately it's work and sometimes it's work that you don't physically see but after a year practicing this thing you'll just be like reading through something or reading through your journals and you're like oh my god this is what i prayed for mm. it's happening it's right here and now this is this is it this is who i am now the girl that i thought you know would never ever exist a year ago is here and now doing the things right it's not material i think that's the problem that we have sometimes you need to expect um results that are immaterial right not necessarily like a new car or a new house or a new this or a new you know things that you can see you need to expect things like oh my god i changed my perspective about how i think about relationships you know i changed my perspective about how i think about um my family or i healed something about the hurt that i felt from um my lineage mm. something something there's always going to be that a change growth, ne? yes there's always going to be an immaterial change something that you can't see that is much more um valuable than silver or gold I like that, Homo. I like that because I think we're stuck in the material, man. And um, once you start changing your perspective, once you start seeing things differently, that's where the real growth is, isn't it? That's that's the juice, man. That's the juice. That's where it is. That's like the real yumminess of life. Recognizing that you exist far beyond this material world you can even make this material world so much more rich and and funner if that's even a word mm. with the material like you 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 yes you're having a glass of wine by the way guys i'm drinking like <laughs> premium wine right now on the podcast um you can have this but you know it's not you you are far more valuable than this glass of wine or champagne or whatever or this brand or this Dior or LV yes you're enjoying it but I think the juice comes in the juiciness the yumminess comes in when you recognize that this is not what makes me this is an an enhancement of life this is the abundance that God promised in my life mm. not a, not that it, it doesn't makes define you. you. I could define you. You don't feel like, oh my God, what I have. And, you know, I think that is, is, is very detrimental, especially to, to our culture right now. That, and, Unfortunately, it just feeds into the bigger wheel of consumerism. Once you understand economics, I studied macro and uh, uh, microeconomics, mm. right? So at the end of the day, there's a wheel. There's a bigger wheel that's spinning. Way capitalist system. Yes. That, no, that, but that I believe in feeding. capitalism. Don't get it twisted. Right. No, I, I, and my and frills are very socialist, mm. but I believe in capitalism. Otherwise, the world will shut down. And I totally get that. But 
I think the difference is when you understand that it's not, you don't have to have it at all costs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when people feel that they have to be with a particular dude because then he's going to gift her with a, an LV bag um, and there isn't really more substance to the relationship other than that, mm-hmm. other than it being a transaction. Mm-hmm. So understanding your value as a person mm-hmm. and a 28,000 rand bag, yeah, Louis Vuitton, um, is that what you're saying you're worth? Uh, because in practical terms, that is what it boils down to. If you are willing to... Um, to take all of these things, like the treatment, because we've seen people who get horrible treatment, but they endure it mm. because it means that they are going to drive an ML, they are going to live at a particular address, they are going to wear specific clothes. For me, I see that as a person who's saying, okay, this is what I'm with. And for mm. me, it, it could never be, you know, for me, my freedom, free, my freedom. And I don't know where I got it from, but my freedom has always been so important Friend, to me. you have that, like you have that more than anybody in the world. I can tell you if there's one thing you have is the need to imprint yourself in the the the, the beautiful parts of the world. Like you have literally strived to become the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that for me is very admirable. That's why I'm still in your life, friend, Mm -hmm. to be honest, between you and I. Um, That's why um, I'm just like, I admire you so much for fighting for yourself. Um, And the first point of reference that you used is not the material world so that it's the spiritual world so that Mm. with who God destined you to be. It takes a very strong person to recognize that's not life. And I really, really admire that there are people out there, not just you also, there are people out there who also see that, look, Bupilo is much more than there's nothing as painful as finding yourself in a freaking private jet, but you're not happy. Mm. You're sitting there taking pictures. How <laughs> I didn't hey picture is perfect. And people think that's not that's normal. It's not. I refuse. I refuse to think that's normal. What do you think it takes to influence better? I don't think I think I don't think I want to influence that. I I generally just want to focus on my own life as a person. Mm. I don't think I can influence that, to be honest. It's a personal journey. If you believe that that's how you think your life is supposed to flow, then that's fine. 
But if you need help navigating um, the world in a more abundant way, because that's a scarcity mentality, right? It is. I refuse to operate in a scarcity mentality where I feel like a man is the only person that will be able to provide that life for me. Your only option in life. My only option in life. When God is there and he said, um, I'm creating you in my own image. And he's created all of this. I mean, the Girl. universe. And imagine we are created in his image. What power. It's tempting. Does we, do we have? It's tempting, friend. Mm. Because it's hard. The mm. world is very hard. And it's very harsh. And the wheel of patriarchy, the system of patriarchy has kept us in this wheel. Right? This hamster wheel. Right. But it takes, I don't know, friend, like for me, it took me to say, I really, my God is not the God who will give me a man to give me my life. I love that. Like my God is much more vast and abundant. He works directly. Direct. (laughs) Hmm? (laughs) Even if let's say, okay, Tomorrow I meet a gentle brother. We come together. He will be the one to sort of uh, uh, give us the material gains together. Mm. Then, if that's the point, right? He will be the one. Not because not get more relationship in now. I must now. This person is the one that's going to give me all of these nice things mm. for me to live. Mm. I believe that my God is bigger than that. Honestly. I love that. Um, I mean, from the beginning of our conversation, um, God seems to be a very strong um, role player in your life. Just tell me a bit more about your relationship with God. Um, well, first and foremost, he formed me mm. in his image, like you said. Um, I believe that we are a thumbprint of who he is, you know. Um, in as much as we believe that life is flowing and, you know, we're cruising nicely, um, God literally dictates each and every facet of our lives and For me, God means so much that I am willing to lay down any and everything to just hear like what he has planned for my life because I believe it's so much bigger than what I could have ever imagined, what my mother or sister or brother could have ever imagined. And that's the reality that I want to live in, right? That's my dream. That's my dream life, right? Um, when I dream about my life, yes, I may have my little vision board and whatever, and, you know, obviously to keep you going because mm. you need a practice. Mm. You need to practice something in order for you to realize your dreams and your goals. Um, in as much as I have that, I'll always be like, God, okay, this is my vision, but I know you have better for me. You know, I love that. This is what it is, but I know. Okay, fine. I'll I'll put it down there. Be like, I, my heart is not even in it because I know you've got better for me. 
I like that. I really, really recognize God in such a way that there's, I feel like there's nothing I can do to ever, um, move away for, for, for move away from the purpose that he has for my life. Mm. All I can do is just listen. All I can do is just ask him to come to me in ways that I'll be able to recognize. I like what you're saying, Homo, because um, for me, you know, I've been learning to understand God's love. Mm-hmm. And God's love is so much different. Mm-hmm. And to, I, I think for me, it's one of the things that have inspired me to not want anything less than what God has promised me. That's what it does. That's what God's love does. Mm-hmm. That you are willing to forfeit That's what it does. That you are willing to say, yes, I'm happy for my sister or my brother or my friend. But I know that's not for me. Mm. I know that's that's not what or it's not my turn. Or you know, once you sit in Clapping that for other people yes. and knowing that it's not your turn will come. Yes. And if you if and when your your turn comes, it means also that it's for you, not not what it looks like for other I've always people. been I've always been conscious of I don't know, maybe it's the the gift that God gave me. I, I always say that it's the gift that God gave me that I've never looked at anybody's life. Like I can even tell you, I've never looked at even Jay-Z and Beyonce's life and be like, oh my God, I wish I, I lived like that. Because I know the struggles that they are also facing in their own respective lives. Mm. They are probably not, I'm not even going to project, but you know. Mm. Everybody has got their everybody own challenges. Everybody has their own challenges. The gift that God has given me is that I've never looked at somebody's life and envied it. Instead, I've always looked at my own life and thought, God, how can I better my own life? Yes, I'm here. I I recognize that I'm here. I see that I'm here. What are the wrong turns that I took? Show me. And then direct me in the right path. Mm. I'm here like and like, I'm with it. I'm I'm very patient. I like that having a teachable spirit. Yes, it's very important. So even in corporate, in you know places where we we want to be mentored or to learn from other people, we need to have a teachable spirit. But it goes back Absolutely. to saying, um, our bodies, our spirits need to be an environment that allows God to live. Um, mm. to reside, you know. So having a pure heart. Oh my God, that's such a beautiful point, friend. Yes. Mm. Having a pure heart is, is very important. You know, things like envy, jealousy, um, constantly being discontent, you know, or not content with mm. your life. And being content doesn't mean you are not working on your goals. It doesn't mean that you are not striving for more, but it means that you are not in competition with other people. Mm. You know, um, you recognize your own personal journey. You recognize um, that your personal circumstances were probably there to lead you somewhere um, and to... Be the type of person who can ask other people, how did you do it? 
you know, because that is how we learn. Um, having that insight or intelligence of knowing when to actually sit down and listen to what God has to say to you, because he does speak to us because he, he resides within mm-hmm. us. Now, if you're constantly busy comparing, looking at, you know, outwardly, you don't get the opportunity to listen to your inner being because that is how God speaks to us. Absolutely, friend. Um, I love how you said that, um, some, uh, God speaks to us in different ways, right? Mm. Um, individually, because we've all got individual paths, right? So, um, I don't know if I knew this, like in my core, or if I, no, but I think I did. I didn't know this in my core, but it's only now that I'm actually putting it in words. And there's a whole law. Um, I've been reading the, the, the book of the dead. I don't know if you know the book mm-hmm. of the dead. It's, um, ancient Kemetic scripture, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it literally just outlines all the respective laws, um, of the universe, mm. right? One of them, which, which is one, one law that I'm currently like, seeping myself in is the 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 law of compensation Mm -hmm. right Mm. um you may be sitting in a place that you think you know i don't deserve this life right i don't deserve to be here what's happening i have this that and the other and whatever you know whatever you may think is is unfair and undue to you as an individual um but because the, if you if you're aligned with the universe and its principles you'll recognize that there are so many things that you can be grateful for where you where god actually compensates you he literally compensates you all you need to do is just see it because everything is always existing around you. Everything beautiful is always existing around you. So you need to recognize that, okay, yes, perfect example for me. I'm a single mom. Um, I, the father of my child is nowhere to be found, but my child eats, sleeps. Her whole school fees is taken care of for the year. Like everything is on, when I say on point, it's mm. there. So why do I have to cry about not having a dad in her life while she thrives in an environment where she's loved and taken care of? I like that home of the law of compensation because, you know, the Bible says, or oh, is it the Bible actually? It says, <laughs> it's, you will never get a load that you will not be able to carry. Mm. And, um, earlier on you reminded me of my own journey where I look back in hindsight to say oh wow I used to dream about this or I used to think of the world like this or of myself like this and a couple of years later I actually recognize it because I'm living it you're here the type of woman I thought could exist back then is the type of woman I I see myself literally being in every the flesh, day, you know. Yeah. But to also know that 
all the challenges, all the things that I thought, oh, Amara, why, Mudimu, you know, why did I have to be born in situations like this? Or why is my life so difficult to understand that I have everything within me to overcome those things? And my life can be used as a light for other people because I've overcome so much. So God will never give you a lot that you'll not be able to carry. Mm -hmm. So I like that you have brought in uh, the laws of the universe because there's so much power in that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know just how many people are exposed to that. If you really get to understand even things like what you what you do unto other people comes back to you. You know, it's a simple thing that I think if more people were aware, we would be more conscious of how we treat each other as human beings. Because, you know, by being horrible to another person, you're creating karma for yourself. Mm. You know, but I I, I don't know how many people are aware of these things outside of religion. I mean, we've seen how religion has made and... um, broken people Um, but I think the laws of the universe are such a powerful and they actually make sense just from a logical perspective they are practical and I think if more people were to read up a bit on them they would feel a bit more empowered yeah Um, the world is very scientific the world is very um it's extremely scientific, like to the point where there's like quantum physics, which I'm trying to understand right now. But my people used to understand that so well of that they freaking created the pyramids, for God's sake. Mm. Um, currently in Kemet, there's a whole hydraulic system that literally could save the whole... Um, ish, this is controversial... That could literally save the whole power issue. Mm. We could use water. There's a whole hydraulic system, underground hydraulic system in Kemet that was used like times and times ago, more than 4,000 years ago. Mm. Um, that, that was there before we were even like in God's mind. Mm. Um, so the world is very scientific in the sense that once you you follow certain practical practices, not even woo-woo, like, hey, you know, uh, yeah, you're praying, you're going to yeah. be on your knees. No, yeah. certain practices that you practice, like our own um, African spiritualities, mm. right? I love the work that... Uh, um that thing giza kimang that thing giza wa the ancient kemetic uh church yeah that is headed by um the zinzi mandela foundation mm-hmm. um i love the principle that uh it's a practice like it's a it's a science Right. Mm. There is, there is, there are sites where you could go in order for you to practice that science. Unfortunately, one of the sites are, um, privately owned, but there's so many, um, astronomical sites that we could actually tap into for our own spirituality as bad. Mm. Right. 
those are the things that we should start exploring as an African people. Like I believe, because those are the things that will set us apart. Those are the things that will um, move us from surviving to thriving. Mm. Right? We're not meant to survive. I really believe in my in my bones, in my marrow, that we are not made to survive. There's enough for all There's of us. Absolutely. Like I hope I'm not speaking woo-woo right now, but there's absolutely in more than enough for us to thrive. I agree with you, Homo, um, and simply because it has been a way of life for African people before colonization. I mean, when we go back, and maybe Kemet is a bit uh, far into history, but before... You look at the principles of Ubuntu, which exist across Africa using mm-hmm. different terminologies. Mm-hmm. You look at things like it takes a village to raise a child, yes. for example. So they, th- such principles or, or ways of being have encouraged a sense of community, uh, a sense that everybody has a place within the community. There was the butter exchange where people did not have to do the same thing in order for them to to thrive, but they could exchange what they each produced amongst each other and have an ecosystem that actually worked um, for that particular community. But these are some of the things that we have lost as as African people because we've adapted to the Western way of of doing things, right? Yes. Um, But I just want to get a sense of what grounds you or what keeps you grounded as a person? What if you do have any spiritual practices or even if they're not spiritual, what do you do to to maintain a level of being groundedness, particularly because we are living in such a in such a difficult time where people feel like they they must assimilate, where they must be like everybody else? What keeps you grounded? Uh, what keeps me grounded is, um, so the principle of Christ, Mm. right? Christ is not external. The principle of Christ, Christ is an internal principle. Tapping into your Christ-like nature is something that I really honestly, um, take very seriously. Mm. Like I really, I go... I isolate myself a lot. Um, a lot of people might think that I'm being weird and whatever, especially my family. Sometimes they'll be like, Oh my God, she's upstairs in her room. But it's a thing. I really just want, like, I, it's a crave, like, it's like a, like, you know, when you, when you crave something, for me, that's my craving. Like, mm. that's my biggest craving, mobile pillow, to, to, be seated with my creator and him sort of like um, giving me the wisdom in channels that I recognize. Mm. Obviously, he's not going to appear to me through like in, um, in church because I don't attend church. Uh, he's not going to appear to me there. He's not going to try and, and, and get me there. Mm. Um He's going to appear to me in ways and lessons that I will be able to recognize. 
either through like uh, social media or whatever you know he'll find a way conspiracy evolves through right? yes he'll find a way he'll find a way to communicate through with a, a, a friend you know a conversation work you know God is in everything and I think that's the thing that we don't we don't see mm. God is in absolutely every even your your darkest moments God is there right so it takes for you I know life sometimes gets like really really hectic and you can't slow down and you know you can't really have time to yourself but when you can just take that time to sort of like tap into your inner crevices mm. you know just tap into that and try and tap into that as much as possible if social media is taking up too much of 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 your time from that shut it down you know shut it down mm. you don't need it right you may think that people who are living on social media they, they their lives are carrying on and blah blah but what life mm. What is the life that you think you're not living, that other people are living? What is it that you think? Even those people will tell you, no, it's a picture. Last week, Drake uh, posted Champagne Bobby. He posted, uh, life is not, is, is something, he said, life, some people think life is, is, is a picture, but people don't know what life we're living. Mm. What that should that tell say? you something. That should tell you something. Right? We all think that, oh, these people are living their lives. Look within yourselves. Mm. Look within yourself and dig deep into who God intended you to be, mobile pillow. It might not look glamorous like Drake, but it will be something. And pray that you will be fulfilled within that thing that God has, has has purpose for your life pray for that mm. pray that God once I'm in it help me to be okay I like that I like that I remember saying to you because we was like we we're talking about um, this uh, particular engagement and I said to you and you're like what are we going to wear and I'm like I don't know I'm not you know very yeah. good with fashion yeah. but I think it's also about knowing yourself like yeah. you say and being okay with it. You're just being like, whatever, you know, <laughs> let's flow. Let's, let's, let's rock. You yes. Know? You know, and, and to not feel like that takes anything away from who you are. No, 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 no. It doesn't. Yeah. God intended for me to like the things. Yes. I like the things. Okay. <laughs> I just like the things. The things like me. I don't know. Right. So it's not like my God is a, our God, mm. Mama, to Isaban, He wants us to live like this. Mm. He really does. Mm. Don't get it twisted. Don't think that, no, you need to be another way or you need to be something else. You need to be a different skin tone. You need to work a certain job. You need to. That's why I really love this new movement of black people on TikTok just showing up as themselves and doing their challenges. That for me really just. Like the teacup challenge that I saw the other day. 
I even tweeted that I really, really love this teacup challenge because you can see how wholesome we are. But because sometimes we feel like, oh my God, I don't look, my house doesn't look like Kim Kardashian's house. I can't post it on Instagram. Mm. No. Mm. No. We all want to be the same. Yeah. Like, and just because I'm not, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, we want to look presentable to, to, to the masses so that they can, they can take us seriously, but it doesn't help. I too see because the masses don't live that way. Mm. How about we show up as ourselves? I like that. How about maybe? I mean, for me, that really just warms my heart when I'm seeing that the mohola duty more, 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 more recline. I in a plastic cover. I see, I see because you know, I've been eating it over the years. That for me is wholesome. I like that. You know, you know, that for me is wholesome. That and for that me is our culture. Are. That for me is culture. That's real culture. That's not, I really, really just want us to go back to who we are and, sh- and show up just the way we are. Cause that's enough. I like that. I like that. So where to from here? My friend. I don't know. Like life. Life is beautiful, man. Um, once you get through the dark moments, life, you start gaining perspective. Um, you start recognizing what's important and what's not, right? And you sort of flow in, in that direction. And because God is God, He just literally just puts certain people in your life that will confirm that yeah you're doing okay mm. move it's okay yeah Oshab. Tamaso. yeah why it's in the right direction i like what you're saying to say god will put or remove certain people from your life um and once you you start vibrating at a particular frequency exactly you you then recognize that um, that you actually can choose a different path for yourself, a path that is more wholesome, a path that embraces you mm-hmm. in your full being, you know. Um, and we don't have to be perfect. I mean, some of the relationships I've cultivated over the recent couple of years have really been so empowering in a sense that um, I feel really free to be myself, mm. you know, and I don't have to feel like I I must be or do all these things, mm. you know, to fit into and be extra, yes, mm. into a particular space. Um, but I suppose also growing up can do that to one, and growing up in a sense that not only years you know but growing up emotionally being more grounded spiritually really getting to know who you are mm-hmm. um does ground one um it 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 for me it certainly 
stabilized me as a full being, mm. you know. Um, although I definitely know that I'm definitely going to be growing more and more because I feel that when we are not growing, then, you know, there's no life. So I constantly mm. want to be growing, understanding things differently, mm-hmm. uh, gaining new insights, new Absolutely. perspectives. Um, and and that sometimes will rock your world a bit you know, it will rattle you a bit so that you get out of your comfort zone. But that is such a blessing and I've recognized it as such. Um, essentially, what I'm trying to say is that my personal journey has taught me that I don't have to conform to a specific way of being in order to be accepted mm-hmm. um, and that there is enough for everyone mm. like how you want to be there's a community out there for you i think that's what it is right um i think i'm gonna go back to how uh you said that if you're not growing in an environment and i'm par- paraphrasing from what i think you were saying mm. if you're not growing in an environment then you don't want to really necessarily be in it mm. I know with me, I, I I don't know if you know the, the, the Kaizen philosophy, mm. right? It literally just teaches you to sort of like discipline yourself by living in the present. So the present means that you are literally going to take whatever it is in your life and you are fl- flipping it, right? You're literally going to flip it for your advantage and for your for your betterment. And that is your primary concern. Mm. Right? If it's not teaching you and all growing you, then ah, you're not there. It's not it. Homo, that is so powerful, you know, and I thought this was going to be the end of our conversation, but <laughs> it's powerful because mindfulness as a practice, as a spiritual practice, has become a big thing. So mm. consciousness, awareness, being present. And You know, when you are present and you find yourself in a particular situation, that mindfulness, that presence gives you an opportunity to say, wait up, am I reacting or am I choosing to respond? Mm -hmm. And that is what life really presents us with. And that's where the growth is. The, The short pauses that make us question whether we are reacting based on our past experiences, based on our fears, based on our histories of lack and whatever that comes with an ordinary black child. Or am I being present and seeing the situation or the opportunity in every situation Mm. um, that I experience? Because there's an opportunity in every situation. I love that. Like, I love that. There's an opportunity. The opportunity. There's always an opportunity. Life, as Jay Z said it, it's not Jay Z, but life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. Mm. It's happening for you, for your betterment, for your advancement. So the first switch is you recognizing that and using that to your advantage. It's an opportunity for you to grow and learn. It might not necessarily be. Opportune. Mm. It might not look like Emotionally, the right time. Yeah. Yes. Emotionally, it's not going to be opportune because you're really just being inconvenienced emotionally. Like you are going to have a hard time. You're going to feel sad 
and disillusioned and disappointed and all of those really negative emotions. But once you recognize that everything that is happening in your life is happening for your betterment, I think that's where the switch happens that, oh my God, I get to, you know, turn my life around and my ancestors' lives around and my children's lives around because this is not where I come from. This is not the situation that I come from, but I'm changing it. Mm-hmm. You get to do that. You are the one that was chosen to do that. That for me is like the ultimate. That's 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 better than getting a, a Birkin bag. <laughs> you know, as, you, as you're talking, I am finding... Other things that I want to speak to you about, yeah, we but we 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 yeah, are almost two time. hours into our conversation. <laughs> so I suggest. Are you kidding me? Two hours already? <laughs> no way. Uh, I suggest we park it at that. Um, thank you so much for being part of conscious conversations, for being brave to put your life out there because oh it it now will be out there I'm so dreading you're the thinking by <laughs> your thinking patterns what makes you you yeah will be out there and that takes a lot of courage so I really appreciate it thank you very much for trusting me with your deepest thoughts mm-hmm. um for wanting to share a part of you with everybody who will be listening to this Thanks, friend. You know, when you, when you asked me to be a part of conscious conversations, I was obviously apprehensive because I don't like being like, I'm the behind the scenes type person. But because I recognize that there's a really safe and responsible space that I would be in, right? I know that you're not going to take whatever it is that I say and then just make it into crazy soundbite or whatever Mm. um, sensationalist or whatever I really felt like you know I would be in a safe environment and thank you so much for making this platform for us it it actually takes a a whole lot more than you think right for you it's like natural it ain't no thing you know because of your purpose but it actually takes a lot to create a space that is not secular right a space where, you know, you know you're not going to get a lot of listenership, but you're taking your resources and you are planting it in an environment where you want, you genuinely want women to recognize their value and their place in the world. Mm. So I really am excited to be part of it. Thank you. My pleasure. Ring bell. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. I truly hope you learned something new, felt something, and were inspired to cultivate a more conscious life. I'd love to connect with you, hear your thoughts and stories. Please feel free to reach out. Our contact details can be found on monzm.co.za. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.